Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Hey, good morning, C3 Noosa. Justin here. If this is your first time with us online, I want to say a very warm welcome to all our families. Of course, welcome. I'm excited as always. It is a privilege to share the Word of God with you. And we're going to do just that right now. Jump into His Word. So if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to come with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy. And it says this. It says, This is why I remind you, to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And so here's the Apostle Paul, and he's speaking to his son in the faith, Timothy. And we know from Scripture that Timothy had been sent by Paul to Ephesus to oversee and pastor and guide the church there. And what I want to do this morning is there are a couple of things to draw out from the scripture I want to share with you, not only to encourage you, but I want to stir you up and I want to stir your faith and I want you to feel enlarged as we start to come out of all things isolation, as we begin to reform and re-strengthen relationships, and also as we begin to look towards a new season as a church and a body of Christ. And so the title of my message this morning is this, Fan Into Flame. Fan into flame. And Paul in the scripture we just read is sharing with us two really important truths. And I suppose the first truth is this for you and I, that you and I have been given a spiritual gift. You know, it's a gift that we receive when we invite Jesus into our lives as our Lord and Savior. And we we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's a gift by its nature, the Bible tells us and Paul tells us, needs to be fanned into flame. And I want to suggest to you this morning that if this is a gift that needs to be fanned into flame, then it's also a gift that has the uh, potential to grow cold and lie dormant in your life. And I think one of the biggest tragedies I would see in the body of Christ would be people in church life never ever understanding, realizing, utilizing, engaging with the gift God's given them. You know, there is a gift in your life that God wants to draw out from you for the blessing an edification of the body, that His name will be glorified. Amen. And I think over the years, I've spoken to so many people that have been frustrated, not knowing where they fit in church life, not really understanding their purpose, maybe even a little disillusioned with what they believe. But I want to encourage you this morning, make it a mission of yours to lay hold of that gift. Discover that gift, fan it into flame, and I'm telling you, you will find that sweet spot in your life. The second truth we hear from Paul is this, that it's so important. We cannot lay hold of this gift God has given us unless we understand by faith that we have been given a spirit of power. What power? The supernatural power of God. Not only that, but we have been given a spirit that has the potential to love as Jesus loved. And we've been given a spirit of self-discipline. You know, and I think it's so easy to hear that we can warm to the idea, right, that we have a spirit of power. That sounds awesome. That we have a spirit of love. Well, that sounds great. But I think often it's a lot harder for us to get our heads around. We need to outwork self-discipline as believers in our lives to lay hold of the gift that God has given us. You know, I believe that timidity, fear, complacency, apathy, none of those things will ever serve us well in our walk with Christ. And I say that for this very reason, because you and I have been born, have been created 
with eternal purpose on the inside of us. We're not merely mortal beings. We're not just bone and flesh, but we've received an eternal spirit. So we have eternal purpose on the inside of us. And I want you to understand this morning that you have been designed by design. You were made to carry light, to carry hope, to carry the living hope of Jesus on the inside of you for those people around you. And there's one thing that I believe in. I suppose that the day and the season that we're in right now as a body of Christ and as a church is that we truly do hold the answer. We truly do have an answer for people that are living in a world that is dying, for people that are lost and hurt and broken. You and I have the answer. You know, nothing matters more to Jesus than people. Nothing matters more to Jesus than you. In fact, he says it like this in John 14 and verse 6. He says, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So there are gifts in your life that God wants to use. But here's the deal. You have to take responsibility for fanning those gifts into flame. And I want to ask you this morning then, is there a fire burning on the inside of you for God? Is there a fire on the inside of you for His people, for community? Or if you're honest, perhaps that fire went out at some point in your life. Maybe things have been a bit cold. You know, for a lot of people, maybe you've become lost in the routines just of life, of what's expected of you. You know, going through the motions. Very much like the church of Ephesus we just talked about. You know, many years later from that scripture where Timothy sent to Ephesus, we see Jesus in the book of Revelation. He's addressing these churches. And he's speaking to the church of Ephesus at that time. And he says this to to the church in Revelation chapter 2, verse 3, he says, You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. He's talking to the church. And what, what he's saying is, I look at you as a church, and I see that you are doing all the things you should be doing. Right? You're doing what's expected of you as a church. You're going through the motions. You're fulfilling your purpose. You are excelling even in ministry. But despite all that, I still have this complaint against you. In verse 4, that you don't love me or each other as you did at first. In other words, something has happened to you. You started out red hot. You began this journey in love with me, full of passion, full of faith, full of purpose. But over time, something has happened. You've allowed the fire in your life to die down. The coals have become cold. You know, I really believe that God has given me a word for our people in the season that it's time for us to find again our first love. It's time for you and I to fall in love again with Jesus Christ. It's time for you and I to stir ourselves up again, to get passionate, to carry faith on the inside of us, to understand the purpose we've been called to, to reach a generation that is lost. We need to lift our eyes and keep our eyes fixed on those things that are eternal. You know, I want to encourage you this morning that you have a voice on the inside of you that needs to be counted for. A voice that actually needs to be heard. The world may not want to hear it, but I'm telling you now, people need it. You may be thinking, well, Justin, that sounds great, but how do I fan into flame those gifts in my life? How do I regain that fire I once had on the inside of me? Well, I'm glad you asked because, you know, fanning into flame the gifts on your life and keeping that fire alive on the inside of you is going to require of you this idea I like to call faith friction. Faith friction. 
And I want to give you an illustration for all you diehard campers out there. I know you're going to get this. I remember as a kid many years ago, I'd go away to school camps and the time would inevitably come where it's getting dark, you're out in the bush, it's cold, so you decide you're going to make a fire, right? Now, you didn't bring your Weber Q, so you've got to do it the good old-fashioned way. What do you do? You go into the bush, you get some wood, you get some kindling, you get a little stick, sharpen it at one end, you put the little stick between your hand, rest it on the wood, and what do you begin to do? You begin to rub that stick between your hands, backwards and forwards, you know, faster and faster, over and over. What are you doing? Well, you're creating friction between that stick and the piece of wood. And what is that friction doing? Well, it's creating heat. And the more you do it, the more heat it's generating until eventually you begin to see some small plumes or smoke coming through the kindling. And then what do you do? You get down and you start to blow on that kindling. You give it a bit of oxygen and hopefully all going well, all of a sudden a flame bursts into being, right? Usually to the rejoicing voices of your mates in the campsite. And I know it's a, it's a basic explanation, but what I'm trying to get at is this. Kindling that spiritual fire again in your life will require you to invite friction into your world. You and I as believers need to get really good at generating heat in our lives. And we do that by living a life that is full of godly habits that go against rub against the flow and current and expectation of the world. You know, Paul really understood this. And so he throws this idea of self-discipline into the mix when he's exhorting Timothy. Because here's the truth. It's going to take self-discipline in your life to push back and go against what society, what the world is expecting of you, telling you what you should do, who you should be. It's going to take intentionality and purpose in your life to go, you know what, I'm going to wage the war against the flesh and against this world, and I'm going to win that battle. And in fact, Paul comes around in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, and he says it like this. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You see, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. What is this saying? It's saying this when the world says, you know what? just sleeping a little bit, you're tired. You purpose, no, you know what, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get up that extra bit earlier so I can seek God. You know, when the world says, you know what, just give up. You've got to make a decision to get up by faith and go, you know what, I'm going to dust off disappointment and I'm going to keep moving forward. You know, when the world says, just turn away, you've got to go, hang on, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn towards people, towards situations, carrying the love of Jesus Christ. And the world says, you know what, just hide away. You've got to make a decision to stand up by faith and say, you know what, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to reach out. When the world says, just be more, you've got to do more, you've got to get more, you've got to go, you know what, I make a decision that I'm going to give more, I'm going to serve more, and I'm going to find times in my life to let go and rest. What am I talking about? I'm talking about faith friction, going against the current of what the world wants for you. I want to encourage you this morning, become masters of your time. Become master time managers. You know, time is by far your most valuable commodity and it will greatly assist you in setting alight the purposes of God in your life. 
No, don't give room for compromise anymore. Make this next season to come a season without compromise. That you determine in yourself, I am going to give time and guard my time. Time in the Word. Time in prayer. Time just in worship. And also, really importantly, time in fellowship. Getting around people in your world that can speak life to you, can support you, can encourage you in this journey every week. And when you begin to commit yourself to that cause, you will find the Spirit of God rising up on the inside of you. And you will begin to see and experience that spark and that small fire begin to ignite again in you. You know, Luke 14 and 28, we see Jesus addressing a crowd of people. It's that good old crowd that seems to follow Jesus wherever he goes. And it's a group of people that want to be with him. And they want to journey with him as he's ministering and he's doing these miracles. And Jesus understands this need in them. And so he speaks to them and he tells them this. Luke 14 and verse 26, he says, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everything else. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? And what is Jesus talking about here? There's some pretty heavy words in that scripture. He's talking about faith friction. Will you determine to put God first above everything else in your life? Truly, will your relationship with Jesus be your first priority? And you know, nothing in our life that is of value, that is of significance, ever comes without a cost, right? Be it your time, be it your effort, be it your money. But here's the thing. When you determine in your heart by faith, I'm going to seek God first, With all my heart. You know, he promises that he will be found by you. He will encounter you. Jeremiah 29, 13. Not only will he encounter you, but he also says he knows the things you need in your life. He knows the things you lie awake about at night. He knows the things you're worried about. He knows what you need. He says, if you would just purpose in your life to seek me first, I will give those things to you. Matthew 6, 33. And I think so often we become really good at Living that scripture back to front, right? We spend all our lives seeking those things that we think we need. And we just hope God will tack on his kingdom at the back of all of that. But no, I want to encourage you, seek first God. Seek first his kingdom. And I really want you to hear me this morning, church. You have a God-ordained purpose in you and on you that goes beyond you merely existing. It goes beyond you simply going through the motions. You have been called by God. Your life matters. You carry something of eternal value on the inside of you. And you have been commissioned by God to bring change. You are a change agent, if you will. Bringing change to circumstances, situations, not only in your own life, but in those people who God brings across your path. Don't ever discredit. My friend, I want you to hear me this morning. Don't ever discredit. The purpose God has for you. Because can I tell you, the enemy doesn't take that for granted. And he will do everything he can in your life to stop you being that salt and light to someone else. You know, Paul again in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12 says it like this. He says, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you. 
which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Fight. Keep fighting. When you get knocked down, when life disappoints you, when you feel under the weight of the world, listen to what the Apostle Paul is saying. Keep fighting. Dust yourself off. Get back up. Keep pressing forward. Keep pressing on. Hold tightly on to Jesus with all that you have. You may not have nothing else right now. You may not have the answers in your life, but I want to encourage you. Hold on to Jesus with all that you have. You will find, I promise you this, That if you keep pressing in, if you keep standing on the word again, a fire, be it ever small, will begin to kindle again on the inside of your spirit. As you strengthen your faith muscles, push through disappointment, keep holding on to the truth of God's word, you will find your spirit rising up to overcome the flesh. Amen. Someone asked me once, What about the Holy Spirit in this? You know, I'm so confused, Justin. I've invited the Holy Spirit into my life. I've received the baptism that He brings, but that fire still seems cold on the inside of me. I thought He would breathe on me like He did on those disciples in the day of Pentecost, and I would just have that fire, have that burning passion on the inside of me. Well, let me address that, take you back to that illustration I used. You know, if I take that piece of wood with that kindling, I've got that stick in my hands. If I'm just sitting with that stick in my hands, doing nothing with it. You know, I can breathe till I am blue in the face on that kindling. Ain't no fire coming out. Amen. No, it requires friction. You need that faith friction in your life, living out those godly habits to generate heat. And once you start generating heat in your life, it's at that point the Holy Spirit intervenes and begins to blow on that heat to ignite a fire on the inside of you. I want you to, I want to call you again this morning, perhaps, to stand up and purpose with me. Let's agree together that we are going to fan into flame the gift that's on the inside of us. Amen. You know, we're about to come around a time of focus, building vision for our people and our church. And I want to ask you, do you have a God-filled vision for the season ahead of you? You know what, thinking on that and praying on it, I really see us as a church in the season to come taking ground, spiritually and literally putting a stake in the ground. I, I see us as a church experiencing such revival, a, a new a moving of the Holy Spirit over our families as a church. I see us being filled with a new love and appreciation for Christ, full of passion, full of faith, full of purpose. You know, there is a harvest, church ready on the, on the East Coast, on the Sunshine Coast, that is ready to be reaped. And I see us living as a church with a conviction to point people to Jesus Christ. Amen. So can I ask you, will you stand with me this morning and let's just agree for this? As you consider what perhaps you're going to bring to the table and bring into the house of God for Vision Builders this year. Let me encourage you, seek God. Get God on the inside of you. Get a fresh vision for your life. Be determined to generate some faith friction in your world. Amen. You know, maybe you've never had that opportunity to invite this Jesus we're talking about into your life to be your Lord and Savior. I want to encourage you. Start there. Why don't you start there with me this morning? The Bible tells us, Romans 10.9, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. You know, and what I love about this is you don't have to have your life right. You don't have to be perfect 
to come before God. Jesus loves you just as you are and wants you to come to him right now. So if that is you and you sense in your heart that you want to pray this prayer, then I would ask, would you pray this with me right now, right where you're at? Just repeat this after me quite simply. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and that you rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and I invite you into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know that I'm so proud of you. That is the most significant and most important decision you will ever make in your life. If you did pray that prayer, we would love just to reach out to you and support you and help you in the next steps from that decision. So can you just reach out to us if you pray that prayer at info at c3anusa.org and we can get in touch with you. Hey, I want to just pray for all of you this morning as we come to a close. Would you just would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you right now for our amazing church. I thank you right now for our amazing families. God, I pray right now that you would just stir in us a fire and a flame. God, that we would find and lay hold of the gifts you have given us as we step into a new day and a new season as a church. Father, I thank you that the harvest is truly ready here on the coast, and we are going to see a great outpouring of your Holy Spirit, and we're going to see such multiplication and increase. God, I thank you right now for breakthrough. I thank you for hearts that are full of faith. I thank you for hearts that are passionate. God, and most importantly, hearts that are in love and sold out. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.